Welcome to another episode of Coaching Falcons. In this episode, I'm going to be talking to two former coaching greats from Perry Meridian High School, Coach Steve Wade and Coach Craig Potter. What I'm doing is just basically just having old coaches talk, and I'm just going to ask questions, and we just free flow and um, you know talk about. You know, the first thing I want to do is is to ask you know. When did you start coaching at Perry? What your responsibilities were, and what what was Perry football like then? Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, I on, on the very first podcast, I I gave my uh, background and how I got to Perry and so on, and then uh, I stopped when I made it to the freshman. Mm-hmm. Started coaching that guy right there, Coach Lady, and so. I'm going to kind of take that on and move forward. So, Coach Wade, we'll, we'll start with you. When did you, when did you get to Perry, and, and uh, how, did you, how did you first start coaching there? Well, I, I um, uh, got to Perry in January of 1976 after I finished my master's. I had gone to Indiana State and graduated, then I went couldn't find a teaching job. I went in the military, got out of the military, still couldn't find a teaching job. So I um, I went back to school. I worked for a telephone company for for a year and then um, uh, made pretty good money at the telephone company. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. You know, and we worked a lot of overtime and everything. And, uh, but um, anyway, I started... In um, January of 1976, the Prairie High School, the first sport I coached, I believe, was gymnastics. Was <laughs> gymnastics? I remember that. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> and of course, Chuck Earl was the head coach. And probably at the time, there was probably 45 or 50 high schools that had boys gymnastics. And I think we were runner-up in the state. But you know, of course, he Chuck ran a very good program. Perry Meridian had an awful lot of kids out, <clears throat> and um, and then I believe I coached track for a couple of years. I coached gymnastics one year, and then they had a cutback on funds. Of course, I was an assistant coach, and um, then I was assistant track coach for a couple of years, and then um, I'm not sure what year it was I got. Uh, with football, but I uh, started as a um, as a freshman coach a couple of years um, with Glenn Adams, and he was the head freshman coach, and um, that's pretty much how it started. You know, and at the time, you know, I was from Terre Haute. <clears throat> I like to tell people I went to to Rose Polly, which is Rose Holman now, but I, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, those are good thoughts. <laughs> I couldn't even uh, <laughs> multiply my uh, SAT by three to me qualify to get into to Rose Polly, but I went to Indiana State. <clears throat> and of course, they had an outstanding teacher program. Yeah. And of course, the program doesn't make you an outstanding teacher. <laughs> you know, you got you have to work at it. <clears throat> but, um, that's that's pretty much how I arrived at Perry. Okay. Okay. 
need me to elaborate anymore? No, we can just go. We can just go from there. Coach Potter, Coach Craig Potter is the next victim or or, or, or witness. Well, I graduated from Western Kentucky University in the spring of 1972, and I coached a year in Franklin, Tennessee, which at the time was just a little one-stop like wide place in the road. Now it's a huge caramel like money, money, money. Yeah. Lots of lots of country and western money down there, um, or you know, country and western music. A lot of music people down there. And then uh, Perry Meridian was built, and I got a job the first year at Perry Meridian, and uh, I coached football with Kelly Clore and Bill Strader and uh, a couple other guys, uh, Dave Shaw and Ron Esther. I think it's Ron mm-hmm. Easter. Uh, Easter. That's right. And the whole time I thought about that, and I was the assistant freshman coach. No, I was an assistant JV coach. I took that back. And um, the first year the school opened, and we and we didn't, we weren't very good on the JV because we didn't have any seniors that year. So anybody that was worth a damn was pulled up. And the varsity was pretty good, five and five for the first year the school started with no seniors. And um, there were we maybe had 20, 25 kids on the JV team. So we just just getting kids out there. We we won a game, but that was about it. And then. Um, I came, uh, I was there that year and eventually worked my way up to um, defensive coordinator under Steve Perica and then took a job in Greenfield and came back as the head coach. Okay. Who, who were some of those, who were some of the athletes that, that stood out back at the early part of the... Uh... Our, our running back the first year we were in school, um, I can't believe I can't think of his name. Um, Red Campbell. No, he was a wide receiver. Um, he was, he was a move-in, and we didn't even know anything about him. Uh-huh. Um, Pat Cedars? Pat Cedars, that's right. So Pat Cedars, <laughs> Pat Cedars was, uh, you know. Kurt Wayne always kept stats. Always kept stats, that's right. <laughs> uh, so he, we, were, we were pretty good, and we had a couple big linemen. Rhett Campbell was a good wide receiver. Dave Feeney was second in the state as a heavyweight wrestler, and mm-hmm. Mark Harland. And, uh, then we had some big offensive and defensive linemen. And um, Kelly was a good. Kelly Kelly was a good coach. He, he ran the defense. And Bill was a good offensive mind at the time. And um, we threw the ball more than a lot of people did. Um, so, and I don't take any credit for that because it was it was eye back eye pro set. And it, it, today's offense it wouldn't look very fancy, but at the time we, we were doing a lot of different things. And um, so, um, those are the ones that I remember. Uh, I remember the first touchdown scored was by, scored by Kelly Johnson on the east end zone at Perry Stadium. Mm-hmm. It was a, that's the dive right, I think, and that was it. And the first uh, the first win was the very first game we played for Buff and went into overtime. And uh, how did they do overtime then? They did it the same way this, as I remember, and I've been wrong. It was the same way it is done now. Okay. And a lot of people thought you should play. Offense first because you forced it out of hand, and Kelly figured it out. And the, the old adage wins the home team bat in baseball, but he bats last, yeah, so you know yeah. what you have to do. So Kelly won, won the toss and took defense, and I think Rebuff scored, but uh, but we scored, and uh, David Tile threw a touchdown pass to Rhett Campbell, an extra point pass to Rhett Campbell in, in, uh, in the end zone, and, uh, and Perry's first win was that, that okay. first game. Okay. How long did you coach, Coach Wade? How long did you coach the freshman? You were the head coach. <clears throat> I really don't remember. I, I know I, I 
you know, I'm, a lot of that stuff I'm trying to forget, and a lot of it I. Uh, well, now let me say something about him. Freshman. He was the best freshman coach around because the numbers were big. And he'd have 50, 55, 60 kids out. He would set up B team games. Yeah. Uh, they, I think, the only undefeated seasons at, at any level were his freshman teams. Yeah. I Herbie Dubbins as a tailback. Right, right. I mentioned that I talked to um, Mike Fiber, and he was with that first freshman class that I came across the middle school with in '87. That was with Herb Dub and Dan Snyder and Randy Todd and Checkoff and Matt Teeter, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe one of the Mills boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was the first first team. So I was with them, with Coach Wade, for two years. And uh, we were undefeated that first year. The second year, that's when you left to go to Greenfield. Mm-hmm. And then um, I moved up with the um, JV. And Coach Wade and I talked about this. A guy that came in from Tipton. Um, I can't remember his name. I, for some reason, Gary Deer or something steps out like that. But he stopped showing up. And um, I think Glasser was helping you with the freshman baby. And then we ended up switching. And I went back down to the freshman the next year. And then Glasser went up. And those groups that were undefeated, they were undefeated the next year as reserve. Well, the, the, and the important thing, and I, I don't mean to step on what Steve was talking about, but he 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 he, he minimizes what he did. But if, if you if, if the only thing you and he did more than this, if the only thing you count as successful with a freshman program is how many sophomores come out the next year, yeah, and he right. would have 40, 45 yeah. sophomores come out the next year, if not more than that, and that buoys the numbers. And football sooner or later is a numbers game. Right. You got to be able to pull people off the field and give them a break, and I mean, it's, you got to have you got to have numbers. So, and he would he would not only win on the freshman level, he would have tremendous numbers. Uh, and there are lots of guys that can win on the freshman level, but they run everybody off. Well, that didn't happen. Those kids came back to play. Yeah. Well, what What was your method of keeping the kids around, Coach Wade? Well, I think first of all, you got to get them out. You got to get them to come across the street. And some things I did and was allowed to do. No. I don't know if they would allow you to do it now, but I, I send every eighth grader, every male that had played any kind of sport. And there were some some years where I sent every male a letter asking them to come out and through the, through the school corporation. And I'd written up a letter and everything asking them, but I would go over to the middle school and um, watch the wrestling team and go around and talk to the parents and everything. Of course, I knew the, the wrestling coaches. Um, and a lot of those kids played football anyway, but try to get some others out. And if you can get a, a couple of basketball players out, maybe they had never played basketball before. Yeah. Try to get them, them to come out. But And then talk to people and talk, sit down to, with the middle school coaches and talk to them you know, about the kids now. And then are there, is there anyone else in the school that's a good athlete over here that's not playing for whatever reason? And then, you know, you know, you have to work at it and you have to make yourself visible at the middle school and do things, but... Um, well, you were able to get some kids from St. Barnabas too, weren't you? 
Well, I went over there, um, <laughs> you know, and um, had been going over there for a couple of years, and and I uh, <clears throat> the the principal over there caught me one time in the in the gym over there, and that's where most of the athletes of, on the, on the football team over there uh, <clears throat> where they were the last period of the day, and I made up a packet for them, and she asked me to come up. To her office. Did you think you were in trouble? <laughs> I didn't care. <laughs> you know, and um, um, she wanted. Well, first of all, she wanted to know who I was, and I told her, "What are you doing?" I told her she'd come up to my office, and we sat down and had a talk in her office. And she said that the, you know, Father Shira. Well, I told her, I said, well, Father Shira told me that I could do this, come in and invite the kids out for to our camp. And I'd even written them a letter stating that if you, you know, I want you to come to our football camp, our youth football camp and stuff like this. And if you, you know, even if you decide not to come to Perry and Gritty, I wish you well. Yeah. And we were able to get some kids from um, um, St. Mark, you know, out for, um, was it St. Mark or St. Barnabas? St. Barnabas. Barnabas, yeah. But, um, yeah, she told me I wasn't welcome anymore, but I'm still able to get, you know, at that time, they, uh, St. Barnabas played their games on Sunday, and I would go watch them play and talk to some of the parents. Okay. And um, see if we get some of them out. But I, <clears throat> you know, my goal was to have 50 kids on the football team at the end of the season. And uh, we didn't hit that every year, but most every year we had at least 50 yeah. on the team at the end of the season. But I never really put a priority on winning, probably a little bit more priority on winning if the kids hadn't been successful at the middle school, because now I got to, they haven't been successful. I have to teach them how to win. Yeah. First of all, how to work. Right, right. You know, it's not going to be easy. And teach them how to work and um, uh, but winning on the freshman level it's not that important it's how many kids like coach Potter said how many kids go on to the next level that's the same way in the middle school winning on the eighth grade level it's not that important it's teaching basic fundamentals blocking and tackling how to work together as a team how to be tough and then how many kids walk across the street and play, go out for football yeah. on the next level. I saw that as the same thing with, with the ninth grade. I did take things personal, <clears throat> you know, the games. How about you know, Tinder? <laughs> yeah. Well, he got, he he that never, personal. never forget. Yeah. <laughs> never, never, ever yeah. forget. <laughs> well, we, you know, I thought he was a better coach than he was an official. <laughs> and he would probably agree with me. <laughs> you know, since then I've gotten to know him a little bit and yeah. everything. And he worked, had worked for years on a fishy, officiating crew, <laughs> then um, worked on the coach sideline. And, and he may still organize that now. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I've gotten to know him. But, but I think you have to do things like that if, and you look at yourself in the mirror as a coach when the game's over. And I was never an X and O guy. We're going to do this and we're going to do it well. Yeah. And and uh, we're not going to overwhelm the kids with mentally, <clears throat> but 
what we're going to do, they're going to know. And, you know, I, and I would sit down with Coach Potter when Coach Potter was the head coach at Perry Meridian. And when he wasn't the head coach at Perry Meridian, and what do you think about this? I know this is what they run. This is what their varsity runs. What what can we do as freshmen? And, and, and you know, Craig helped me out an awful lot. I, I went to his room every week, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> and said, now, we, we know from film their varsity runs this. Right. Now, what, what, what do you expect me to run or what's good, you know, what can we run this yeah. week? I, you know, I, with, I wasn't going to outsmart anyone. No. If I tried to outsmart anyone, we wouldn't have won a game. <laughs> but we, I always had felt as though I had good kids. And, um, and I, I remember going to one of the games, and, this is, and you were pretty good. As a, and you were the head freshman coach who ran the defense, and Kelly ran the offense. And Kelly, Kelly was pretty smart. And he would... Yeah, he would, okay. he would he would take those good teams and run a basic play like a toss and run it from end over. And the freshman people don't, you know, the teams don't scout, they have no idea right. until you run it like 20 times. Or you tackle over or something like that and run an unbalanced line. Right. And there goes Herbie Dub down the sideline. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I hesitate to say outsmarting somebody, but you're, if they don't adjust to it, you're outsmarting somebody. You know, it's, it wasn't like a complex thing, but, but yeah, Kelly, there's, there's a lot to be said for that. There's a lot of milk. Coaching experience also. I mean, he was a former head coach right, at right. He came got back at the freshman level. He right. came over this came back the same time that I came over. And I was just kind of uh, doing what you guys said. I, I coached the uh, receivers and the DBs and everything else, you know, you and Kelly did a lot of that. And I was just there to help support you. And, but as as time went on, I felt a little bit more comfortable. And was able to work my way up. You know, Coach Potter, uh, you ended up leaving, going to uh, Greenfield. What was? Well, what the, was the first time, the first time the job, the head when Kelly when Kelly left, the job was open, and I didn't think I had a chance for the job. But I thought, you know, why not? So I applied for the job, and to be real honest, I probably wasn't X's and O's football wise, wasn't quite ready to be a head coach, and maturity wise, probably uh, maybe I'm not. I'm, I'm immature now. <laughs> uh, but maturity-wise, as a coach, I, I probably wasn't ready. So Dave got the job, and I coached with Dave for a couple years or a year, and said, "I've got to go. I got to find out if I can be a head coach." So I took the job at Greenfield, which was uh, very difficult. We were 0 17 and one in our first in our first two years, but eventually we won. And they've only had, even to this day, they've only had three or four winning seasons since yeah. the 70s. So we eventually won, and got, the, and then I got the job back at Perry. Well, what, what, what was the cause of the success? And you changed. What was it that you did mm-hmm. to turn the program around a little? Well, bit? the two. Th- I think the the, t- the two things that you have to do. You have to teach good fundamentals and work ethic, and you have to stay with it. You have to. Now, I'm not sure this formula works today, but you you had to get the program ready for the right group to make it go. Because, the, the, like I said, the first two years of Greenfield, I was 0-17-1. Those are good kids. And they, against the league, in the league they were in, like Lawrence Central, Lawrence North, and, and the easiest team we played uh, was then a small school in the south in the town called Center Grove. And it was and they had people, but they, didn't, they, weren't, they weren't a program like they are now. We played Brownsburg and, and Franklin Central when they were perennial state champions. So that, that, was, that was a tough situation, but... Um, I think he even played Warren. Yeah, we played Warren one year. Yeah, right. 
people would say, well, you ought to have been here when we played board. And I said, did you ever win? And they go, well, no. And I go, well, that's the point. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I came back to Perry and um, after six years at Greenfield and I followed the same. Oh, I think the second thing to do, and this sounds weird, is you find one kid that the other kids find uh, charismatic or or uh, some kind of role model. They can rally behind. Yeah, and they don't, they don't even know they're doing it. Yeah. Um, and there was a young kid who was a wrestler, and I, uh, he was one of the first kids I met from Greenfield, and he and he but he was just a lineman, and he and he was just a high school player. But all the kids liked him, and I knew we, I knew we could build a program around his presence. And when I came back to Perry, there was uh, Mike Brizendine. Yeah. Mike Brizendine. He I mean he just kind of stepped up and took control of things and. So, uh, and so Mike was the person you built it around. Yeah. And he was a leader. He was a leader, right? And he, uh, so I, I think it's just hard work and time and, and getting the kids right and getting the, getting the, getting the weight, weight room. That's a huge deal. Yeah, they have to get strong and you have to change the way they see themselves. And that's why you put mirrors in the room. And I know vanity is not always a good thing. But a 16, 15-year-old boy who sees muscle on his body, he, he kind of likes the way yeah, yeah. And And it, whatever, whatever the reason is, they have, to, they have to start seeing themselves in a positive light. And, and if they get bigger, they like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Bishop Dohan. What do you think about the uh, Bishop Dohan camps? I know that the IHSA has changed the way, the formula of that teams can go and um, kind of scrimmage and um, do something individually, but uh, I always thought that Bishop Dullahan camp was a way in which uh, our players at Perry was able to get better. Not only that, but they were being coached by some of the best coaches in central Indiana, Ohio, Illinois. So what are, you, what are your thoughts about Bishop well, think, think, think about Think about the coaches you saw down there. First of all, I thought Bishop Dullahan was kind of like football college for me. Yeah. You were around good coaches, and you didn't have anything else to talk about. You didn't have anything else in common but football, and you and you would talk to them about football. Um, I sat down, and what we some of the stuff we were doing, even at the end, which was pattern reading cover two, right. was Carmel and what they do on defense. And they were going to play cover two until you took us out of it. And that's kind of – some of that stuff is – is is what we did at the very end. Yeah. And but it was I, I'm I, there was a time I was standing right next to Terry Hepner. There was a time I, I was working quarterbacks with who's the head coach of New Orleans? New Orleans the Saints. Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Sean Payton worked at Bishop Dollahan Camp because yeah. he was he was yeah. the quarterback coach at Miami, Ohio or something. Right. And yeah, and I'm standing shoulder to shoulder with him and listening to him talk, him talk about football. I'd say that's pretty good football. So yeah. that's football college. And uh, Joe Prince from Michigan, from uh, Kentucky. I mean, yeah. good, good people, good coaches. And that's the that's the only thing you talked about because that's all you had in common was football. And what did you do to build the program? And what did you have you ever thought about running the smash route like this? And just little stuff like that. I think we as coaches at Perry Marine, we always got together and used what time we had to develop what we we're going to do that fall. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was times of. I was thinking about changing the defense, and you would pick my brain. This is what I would, how would you react to this? Right. When I get in this formation, how would you do it? And I would draw up everything, and you go, well, 
check that out. What do you do when you when I do this motion? What does this safety do when I do that motion? So as far as coaches, it allowed us to uh, develop unity and also gave our kids the ability to com- to compete. Mm-hmm. And because to find out they could compete. And, instead of competing with, you know, we're going to go scrimmage, you know, uh, Indian Creek. You know, that's no that's no barrier. That's no measuring uh, stick. Yeah, no measuring stick when you're going up against the Carmels or the LCs or the Bloomington Saddles or kids that were coming from different areas, and we had to compete against them. One thing I'd say about that is that to be able to go to Bishop Delahad as a coaching staff and work there all summer, even the week that your kids are there, you go, but you go, you go, work, we, we go work there all summer. Right. Yeah. You go to the lineman camp and something like that. You had to have a strength coach who you could hand the program over to. Right. And Mike, Mike Tomey was that person. He, he, I knew the strength program, even though I wasn't standing in the weight room, was going in the right direction and they were doing the right things. And, and he, he, doesn't get enough credit for what we did, but he he was instrumental in that. And because I mean, in the summer I might not see the kids for a month, month and a half, just right. simply because you're at camp. Yeah, and some of those, a lot of those skilled kids, all spring you wouldn't see because they were running track for right. me. Right. You know, and I always felt that track and football was yep. two peas in a pod. Yeah. You know, exactly. you're gonna build speed. You know, a lot of people think that you know you run forties. You time them in forties. Well, what happens if the ball's on the minus twenty and the guy's running eighty yards? Right. You know, you got to build build some speed endurance in there. And so I think track and field helped that. And the best track and field team that I had came from they were mostly football players. Yes. And the best football teams that we had, they were all running track. So there was something to that. But which Horace Center Grove has proven that? Yeah, yeah. So the Bishop Bellhang camps were were I felt was a positive thing for our kids. And I think that today, the way I actually say it's changed things, it has hurt Perry Meridian because I, the, the one negative is that some kids could not afford to go to Bishop Gullahan. We found a way to, we found a way to get a lot of kids to camp and well, we won't go into what we did to get, get the money, but we, we found the money someplace. Yeah, right. I mean, kids, did extra duties and stuff right, like that. Right. You know, you need something done around the house, you say, hey, I got this done, and you know, right. we help them out. I think um, one year we probably had over 80 kids at camp. Yeah, right. Plus linemen and kickers. The linemen camp and the kicking camp yeah. and the Bishop Bellhead, yeah. yeah. Probably so. And, now, I mean, and it was kind of a vacation for the kids. They liked it. We all chipped in and bought a pizza one night and stuff like that. Yeah. And that with all those kids, it got you. There's a lot of people. Yeah. Now, one, one thing that you didn't get to experience, and Coach Wade and I did, and that is the living camp under Coach Enright. I'm glad I missed that. <laughs> I, I knew you would say that. <laughs> but believe it or not, it really wasn't that bad. It really wasn't that bad. The only thing you had to get past, and, and parents would probably have a fit today, is that the entire football team lived in the gym up on the balcony. Now, it was five days in which, you know, Dave Enright, you know, there's nothing more important than football. He lived, breathed, and slept. Well, he never slept. No. But football was always there. And he said that we're going to do this camp and like you, 
Some people said, I, I'm not doing it. It's crazy. But for some reason, I, I give a lot of credit to parents. Uh, you know, Ron Cunningham and um, the Vices and people mm-hmm. like that who actually did the food and stuff like that. It's a lot of work. It was a lot of work. They fed the kids. They, they had um, the, the guy that owned the McDonald's. What was his name? Pete Wotowicz. He would give, it, give us sandwiches and stuff. But overall... The kids were able to jail. Now the kids got silly and they did stupid stuff, you know. But coaches, coach wise, you know, we were in the in the. One of the things I hated about that camp, and this isn't, and I, I didn't I didn't live with it, so I, this may be completely wrong. Is that I think it became a tradition to haze sophomores as they came in, and and uh, there was some of that that was. And there were there were some there were some when I first came back there were some parents said. Well, he's not going to come out as a sophomore, but he'll come out as a junior. And I, I went, what are you talking about? He goes, well, the sophomores get hazed. And I don't think anybody, that was just, that didn't bother Dave. Yeah. You know, it was part of it. Yeah. It was just and, 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 and when we caught him, you know, we punished him. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. and <laughs> one funny story is that, my, I think it was Mike New and that, that group, they were, you know, putting shaving cream on kids or whatever. And so, 2 o'clock in the morning, we woke them up, turned the lights on, and said, all right, start doing pop-ups. Yeah. And start running. Start jogging. Took them all down on the gym floor. Took them all down on the gym floor. And we ran through everything that you could imagine. And they were smiling. (laughs) They were like, come on, come on, give us some more, coach. Come on. <laughs> There's nothing that we could do. And it also gave them the fact that they were going to jail. There's nothing that you can do to us, punish us, that we're not going to be able to take. And after about an hour and a half of that, I went, me and Kelly went, we're going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> and they were still up running around. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, you think about the, uh, the, the living camp, Coach Wade. Well, you didn't sleep much as coaches, that's for sure. Why is that? And it was, it was the old days when you you didn't have two a days. You basically had three a days because yeah. our middle practice was was kicking, and it wasn't short kicking. It was the kids were there, and the, the linemen, if they weren't on a special team or something, or didn't have a you know a kicking individual situation, they would be with the, the offensive line coach or the defensive line coach, they, they would be doing stuff. But um, I thought it brought the, brought the kids together and everything. Yeah. But it was a lot of football, you know. Yeah. Early in the morning, you get up and you then you go eat and, and think. You See, know. Kelly and I were smart enough to move away from where all the coaches were sleeping. We moved down, basically down to where your room is, and Dave... You guys stayed up all night. I mean, at 10 o'clock, Kelly and I were so asleep. He <laughs> would never sleep. I only worked with him in camp exactly that one year, besides that one year, but he, he just never sleep. Coach, Coach Interright, he, never sleep. he always said sleeping is overrated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so, but yeah, that was, that was it. I'm going to take a break right here, stop this, and we can take a break and move on. We have come together to fight for victory. 
best friends with one another. Two, two, five, like one big family. Zero. So come on, Eagle mighty strong. Falcons. Let's, let's join in on the fun. One. Our team is finally ready strong, to fight for number one. Cover one. Our team includes one, many three, things to help us win this fight. Guts one, Courage, cover pride, poise. Zero, show one, us three, what is right. cover three. And if we don't do what is right, one, seven, we'll find out what is wrong. Right. Our Base, team will never three. give up. Our three, team will seven. never give up. Our Kamikaze. team will never give up. Cover zero. We've been fighting for too long.